1: This is the USCHO Game of the Week podcast from U.S. College Hockey Online at USCHO.com. An in-depth look at this week's top college hockey matchup and a preview of the
0: other big games.
2: Welcome to USCHO's Game of the Week podcast for Thursday, February 18th, 2021. I'm Ed Trefsker along with Jim Connolly. And Jim, one of the big games this week pits two hockey east rivals number 11 bu home and home with the university of connecticut
1: and joining us to preview this week's game of the week the head coach of boston university and that's Albie o'connell uh, Albie, first off welcome but uh you're coming in pretty hot team you, you had a good weekend uh last weekend in vermont and the weekend before you knocked off number one boston college uh what are you thinking about this this team so far? I know it feels like a small sample size. You've only played 10 games and we're in February, but what do you like about this team?
3: Well, I th- I think they're highly competitive, you know, I think as a group, as a whole, um in the cage uh on the back end and up front, you know, it's a pretty competitive group, so um we skate pretty well and you know, they they've played pretty good team defense, you know. You know, maybe not the first night, you know, just the first weekend was a little bit difficult just being off so long and then just starting, like, way later. But um, since then, they've they've got a commitment to each other and, you know, and, and a commitment, commitment to winning. You know, they're worried about the two points or three points at the end of the game uh, rather than scoring. So uh, it's been good in that regard.
1: Yeah, well, you mentioned your back end. Let's start there. In, in goal, uh, you know, you had a goaltender who was highly touted in Drew Camesso, um, did not go to World Juniors for you uh, because of some... I guess it was some contact tracing or whatever it was that kept him out of World Juniors. But he started the season with you, was playing very well. Uh, now he's uh, sidelined. You've got a kid named Vinny DuPlessis, a freshman, coming in, stepping in. He, he ends up playing his first game against the number one team in the country. I believe he made 40 saves or 39 or 40 saves that night. He's 3-0. and He's got a .66 goals against average and a 974 save percentage. Uh, I, I guess coaches always have high hopes for the recruits, but did you have even an inkling that his numbers could be this good right out of the gate?
3: Well, no, it's anyone to have those numbers is, is staggering. No matter if you're, you're a senior or freshman, whatever be the case. So anyone to have those numbers, it's, uh, it's not necessarily expected. Um, he, but he's, you know, he's a highly confident kid. Uh, he's very athletic. He's a very good skater. And, um, and he's played a lot of junior he's played a lot of hockey in his life you know he's he's very confident in his ability uh and that was evident you know from talking to him um from recruiting and then till now and you know just seeing him on the ice daily and like meetings and whatnot he's just very confident in what he can do and he's got a uh he understands what his game is and what he needs to do to be successful and uh it's translated really well
1: it's always a difficult question when you have kind of a, a an established number one they are, you know, they have to step aside for health reasons. Then you put in somebody else. When that number one comes back, how do you feel that might change your approach? Will it change your approach to how you handle your goaltenders when Camesso's healthy?
3: Yeah, no, I, I, it's a good question. I, I think we're, we're going to play the guy that gives us the best opportunity to win. That's all I can say. And if, if, um, if Friday night works out well, where Vinnie plays really well, then. You know he, he would play Saturday so and, and so on. So I think we're we're basically right now just as a group trying to get better and really just worried about the next game because we don't have that many left, so we just every minute, every moment, uh, every point counts. so we're just really focused on the one game. so to to predict the future would be very hard uh, uh, when when a guy might not be available or available.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it's a good luxury to have. Looking at the, your front end or the guys in front of your goaltender, I see a lot of great youth. You know, you, you see, I'm looking at your top five point getters. Uh, right now you have three sophomores and a freshman mixed in in that group. Uh, I, I know you, you, you recruit and you have some you know, beliefs when you're recruiting these guys. What did you know you had in some of your underclassmen, your freshman and sophomore this season?
3: Well, no, it, it, we've got a good mixture. You know, we've got a good mixture of speed. Uh, we get some size and strength. Uh, we've got guys that can score, guys that can make plays. Uh, the one common uh, thread between all of them, they're they're good skaters, you know, and, and they all have pretty decent size. Uh, so I, I think we're pretty uh, pretty happy with, with what they've done so far. Obviously, you know, when we had all the seniors down with Cockrell, Cockrell was out uh Wieckowski was out parents um, was out so and then it was basically just all freshmen uh sophomores couple couple juniors and uh and a grad transfer <laughs> playing so it was it was definitely a, a a good glimpse into the future um and then guys have, have stepped up from there so the up front those guys have played well they've they've earned the minutes they've gotten they haven't been given it right away and they've kind of earned their earned their stripes and uh, it's, it's great to see. And and just the development of each guy.
1: You mentioned him uh, already, David Ferrance. he started out so hot, 14 points in six games. And those are some incredible numbers, especially for a defenseman, four goals and 10 assists. He's been on the shelf. How have you had players step up, you know, at the defensive position, but you know, it's also a unique position when you have a skating defenseman that you have to replace.
3: Well, I I think the guys have done a good job of it. You know, you look at Vlasic and you know, all of a sudden he's he's got three goals and you know had a had a game tire and a game winner. Um you know, in BC in the game after. So he's uh he's really stepped up. McCarthy and Fensor uh have really stepped up, especially from, from the power play perspective. You know, I think Dave is everyone knows Dave is an elite defenseman and he's really deadly on the power play. So I think those guys, especially Vlasic, uh and being a shooting threat out there he's done a good job of you know he was on the second unit there and but there's really no one or two unit right now you know with the, with the guys that we have obviously when dave's out there he's usually on that unit becomes number one but you know we've it's been a little bit more competitive with both units going now so i think all the d have stepped up uh in general but uh, vlasic in particular has really taken his game to another level over the last you know three or four games here
2: we're talking with bu head coach LB o'connell with the delay in getting started playing the season and COVID delays in between, how have you been able to keep uh, mindsets good and keep the team focused on what has to go on on the ice?
3: I think the biggest thing was was our our upperclassmen. You know, with Logan Logan Kai Kaya Monte, David Ferens, Zekwakowski, and Coff coming in down down from Vermont those guys have kept everyone loose and flexible and, um, and kind of elastic at times, you know, because very easily guys could have got, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was some frustration, but uh, they kept it positive, you know, with, with whatever we're doing, if we're paused or we're practicing and not playing or playing uh, just the positive vibe um, has been trickled down from, from those upperclassmen down and it's been easy for us because they've been able to manage a group, you know, very well. So, I think our job is to make sure we, we stay in some con- constant contact with guys. Uh, when we were paused, if we weren't able to see anyone, to, to make sure we continue to try to coach them through video and, um, and give them a dose of, of, of some different things just to keep their mind fresh and, uh, and their focus on hockey.
2: How about things with the practice situation, given all the pauses?
3: We've, we've had a lot of pauses. So, anytime the guys can get on the ice, they're really excited. Like, we were on the ice for 45 minutes today. Last week, uh, the day before we went on the road, we were on the ice for 30 minutes and 45 minutes. Like, I, it's as much as um, we want to practice, we want to keep it short, you know, because it's been a mental grind. Uh, and we haven't had a lot of bodies. We've had just enough guys to play over the last few weekends. So we haven't had a lot of, uh, you know, guys maybe not playing or resting. So guys have played a lot of minutes. So we got to be very cognizant of, of their energy levels. So we practice is super important, but. We haven't had too too much of it, but when we've had it, we've made it like hard and short.
2: Well, maybe that's a glass half full situation. You haven't had uh, practice burnout that other teams have had, and a lot of excitement to get out there.
3: Yeah, you could yeah you could say that for sure. I think at least off the start, uh, conditioning wise, it was very evident that teams were playing a lot and that we weren't. Um, but as, as of right now, like I think our guys are in you know pretty well conditioned. Uh, and they're they're in a good spot to to hopefully you know continue to do well.
1: Your opponent this week, the University of Connecticut. Uh, they last weekend were ranked in the uh, USCHO and USA Today polls for the first time ever. They've had a couple of losses, slipped out of there. When you look at them, what do you see? And obviously, I always ask coaches about this when they're playing an opponent that's coming off a couple of losses. Are you expecting to face a very hungry team this weekend?
3: Uh Yukon's always really difficult to play versus. You know, every time we play them, um they always seem very hungry. And yeah, I know if if you come off a a loss obviously they're you've got their attention, right? So they're um but yeah, well, looking at them, they've got a really good team. Um at all three positions. Their decor is is mobile, tough. Uh they've got some size, they've got some skill. Uh their goalie is arguably um, the best goalie in the league, you know, if you look at it, you know, from from the what what he can do um, day in day out, he can he can individually steal a game, and then up front they're dangerous, you know, they've they've got a multiple weapons, uh, they've got some size, some some lot of big guys to deal with, but they've got some other guys who can really skate, um, and they're hard, they play hard and really hard in the D zone, they're you know they've got some physicality. They're good through the neutral zone. and It looks like they're they're growing as a team. And you just look at the teams that they've played uh, this year. They they haven't had an easy run at it. They've played uh, multiple teams, multiple times who are very good hockey teams, and they've done well. So it's going to be a really tough test.
1: You mentioned it. You've had some high end players out. You've had a hard time putting a lineup together every weekend. How's the health right now? Are you getting anybody back? Do you feel like you'll be? Are you getting closer to being a healthy team as we get down the stretch of the season?
3: Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> we we uh we haven't seen Amonte since Game Two, so he's out for the year. Phillips, we haven't seen since for months, you know. So, um, and then some of the other guys will trickle in, you know. I think it's a it's a crazy year, and I, I'm hoping that we're going to have more guys, but I I can't say that we are, at least at least for this weekend.
1: It's always a tough situation, Uh, injuries, and then you throw COVID on top of it this season. It has been uh, a strange year nonetheless, but your team 8-2 right right there in the uh, Hockey East Power Index, uh, right behind Boston College, uh, uh, very close to first place right now. So uh, best of luck this weekend. It's great catching up with you, and uh, we hopefully will have another chance to catch up as this season winds down and and we're talking postseason. Okay, guys. I appreciate it.
2: That's BU's Albie O'Connell. More of the Game of the Week podcast in a moment.
1: This is the USCHO Game of the Week podcast from U.S. College Hockey Online.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. Tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
2: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is the Game of the Week podcast from USCHO.com. Jim, let's talk about that BU-UConn matchup. Albie O'Connell said that UConn is always a tough competitor for them. UConn just slipped out of the poll this week after a weekend sweep, but that's a pretty good Huskies team.
1: It is. You know, and I had a chance to see them last, I think it was Tuesday, and a loss to Lowell, and they played well in that game. You know, they... They didn't generate a ton of offense, but the offense they generated was excellent. And that seems to always be kind of the thing I, I think about UConn, is They get some high-quality chances every game. And then Tomas Vomachka on the back end is one of the best goaltenders. You heard Albie O'Connell say He says in the league, you know, certainly in the country, too, he'll be a, a Richter candidate, uh, probably a Richter finalist when everything is said and done. They have a lot of great components. But here's Boston University. They've gone through a lot of issues. Slow start to their season. Didn't get. They were the 51st out of 51 teams to get their season off the ground. A pause once they got started. Uh, they've hadn't had a lot of practice time. They've had injuries and they've had players with COVID cases. All of that thrown in. I know that there's not a lot of teams that are totally immune to this, but you're in game number 11 and the season's almost over. They have found a way to piece together a season nicely here and played some good teams in there. They have swept UMass, they split with Boston College, they split with Providence. They've taken care of business in other games, especially that uh, Vermont series last weekend, where they, you know, banged up uh, with guys missing from the lineup, had to go on the road. So I look at the way that they're playing; it's really impressive to me. And uh, you know, I you know I've seen people say that they should be in the top five, six, seven teams in the poll, and I've seen people say, how do you even rank a team that's only played 10 games at this point? I think that they are a better team than anybody expects. This is a great heavyweight tilt because UConn's going to be hungry. This is a good series this weekend.
2: When we looked at the NCHC, this was planned as a bye week to be able to make up some games. One of those uh, matchups has a pair of games, number nine Omaha at number two North Dakota. This is uh, the third and fourth of six games between them I think it is on the way down the stretch uh there were some pretty good battles earlier and I'm sure um, tempers and emotions will be high right from the drop of the puck
1: yeah uh, these two teams split a series a few weeks back we actually had that as our game on the week game of the week at that time and um, the one thing I remember from that series and watching that one was just you know almost from the first period you know first 5 minutes of the first period it was a gritty game and you know you have two teams that know that they're having good seasons they're both battling for position in the standings you know for omaha this is kind of one of those weekends that you can do a lot if you were to have come out with two victories it means a ton now you're going to be on the road in a tough place to play ralph engelstad arena they have some fans in there right now so um, it's it's a tougher environment but still I look at this as a big opportunity for Omaha. If you're North Dakota, you're you're trying to really start to think about sealing the, the deal and win the uh the trophy, the championship trophy in the NCHC regular season. You, you your lead is not big, but you only really have six games left in the regular season. Uh a lot of them against Omaha. As you said, there's still two more to go after this, but um and I guess that's it. That's It's only four games maybe that North Dakota has left. But still, it is one of those weekends that you look at and you say, if we come away with six points this weekend, regardless of what happens around us, we're probably in a really good position in the NCAC standings.
2: Or even five points should it go to overtime. And it could be that close between those two teams. Also getting some makeup games this weekend, Colorado College, they're at number eight Minnesota Duluth on Thursday and number 6 St. Cloud on Saturday. Those are big games for the home teams, especially Minnesota Duluth after getting uh, uh really manhandled a bit on the scoreboard 4-1 and 4-nothing at Western Michigan last weekend. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I think that this is the game that you have to kind of circle and say, guys, let's get the tra- railroad train back on the tracks. And Not that this Duluth team is bad, not that they're struggling, but the last week's series at this point in the season is one that, you know, if you're Scott Sandlin, you're shaking your head and saying, OK, what, what, what are we going to do right here? What are we going to do better? Um, and I think that that's kind of the approach you have to take into Thursday. Single game, you know, find a way you're at home get the victory. But we know that Colorado College has played a lot of teams very tough throughout the season at different times. Uh, Mike Havlin always has his team ready to go. They have some skill on that team. And when they play their game and and when they get good goaltending, they're a very tough team to beat.
2: In the ECAC, everybody's off for the weekend, although Quinnipiac has picked up a game with LIU. It seems like the Sharks are always out there available for a game. But let's turn to the Big Ten. Uh, Three matchups on the schedule this weekend. Number seven, Michigan at Ohio State. Michigan State travels to number four, Minnesota. And number five, Wisconsin hosts Notre Dame for a pair.
1: Yeah, you know, in all these series, despite the fact that they're not pitting two nationally ranked teams against each other are very important for the the teams that aren't ranked. It's for position to find some position in that Big Ten tournament, Uh, you know, you, in concept, the higher you can get in the standings, the better opportunity you have in that you know first round game. Um, but for teams like you know Michigan and Wisconsin, if you're going to catch minnesota you've got to win when they win and then try to find ways to to get you know maybe a, a sweep when they split or something like that but Minnesota's starting to put itself in a pretty decent position here in the standings and uh i think that this is one of those weekends if you're ch- you're the chasing team it, you don't have a lot of room for error because you know there's not a lot of games left minnesota has the lead in the standings and uh they should be able to take care of business with Michigan State. But again, you just never know. All three of these opponents, Ohio State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, I feel like they're some of the more predictable, unpredictable teams, I should say, uh, in the Big Ten.
2: When we look at Atlantic Hockey, a pretty full slate of games, everybody will have games at least uh, some Thursday through Saturday games. Uh, one of those on the docket is number 19, Robert Morris at RIT. Robert Morris has had a couple of weeks of a pause RIT had a bunch of its schedule postponed during January. Uh, RAT has had three losses in a row, Robert Morris coming off the break. These games are very important for both teams in postseason standings and for Robert Morris, maybe to even claim an at large bid.
1: I think so. You know, if you're going to try to make a case for an at large bid, you can't be losing some games. Uh, late in the season, that that you really should win, and but it's it's difficult. It's you know they'll be 16 days off by the time that they get back on the ice on Saturday at RIT, and that's tough. You know those pauses we've seen it all through the season. It's affected different teams in different ways. Um, so I, I think for Robert Morris, you know you just got to hope that you have a decent team to field. You know I know that they had some COVID cases going through their team, so even knowing who's available for them is going to be difficult. Um, And you play in a really tough team that's always good at home in RIT. So uh, it does feel like one of those series that if you're going to be that team that gets the kind of the at-large bid, maybe the upset at-large bid that not a lot of people are expecting, you got to win these games down the stretch.
2: Finally, in the WCHA Tuesday game, two teams that have flown under the radar quite a bit, but have quietly put together some pretty good seasons. Number 20, Lake Superior, is at number 18, Michigan Tech.
1: You know, we mentioned this back on Monday, uh, you know, especially talking about Michigan Tech. For some reason, they fell off my radar. Lake State has gotten on and off throughout the season. And I was talking with somebody yesterday and they said, oh, no, they're they're pretty soft. That's not a team that I think of as a top 20 team. I said, look at their record and look at who they've played. They've beat some some pretty good teams. So uh, that is a good matchup. Um, And, you know, in terms of Make or break, probably a single game doesn't go that far. But you know, both of these teams are are performing maybe a, a little higher than a, a level that I expected them to. So if you can pull off a, uh, you know, throw a win in there, they've all got they've got some different games, different opponents uh, earlier in the weekend. That's a Tuesday game. We've got some different opponents this weekend. You never know. You, you start moving up those standings, and second place in the WCHA is going to get a lot of consideration when it comes to the NCAA tournament at-large bids.
2: And not to dismiss anybody from being in the top 20, but we do have to remember that with 10 teams not playing this season, uh, two or three teams of those 10 would probably be in the top 20, displacing some others. So it's been interesting to see who comes in and out of the top 20 really from uh, 15 or 16 on down.
1: I forget that sometimes that slips my mind. I can tell you it is something you really have to keep in mind. You know, you you'd likely have Cornell in there. You might have Harvard in there. There's probably another team that's not playing that uh, in the ECAC that might be in there as well. So you're right about that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I look at um, the teams that are at the bottom. They've been given opportunities. You know, we had UConn, first time they were ever nationally ranked last weekend. that's a a good statement for them. But I I, I, I don't know what we're going to get in terms of NCAA selections. And let's face it, anybody that's 17 through 20 probably wouldn't get into the tournament anyways unless they get in on an auto bid. But uh, I think it has been interesting to watch the poll evolve and some new teams that we don't talk about a lot getting some longer stays in the poll.
2: Well, that'll do it for this week's Game of the Week podcast. Lots of great action out there, although in some leagues, a bit of a light schedule. For Jim Connolly, I'm Ed and we'll catch you next time.
0: This has been the USCHO Game of the Week podcast, a production of U.S. College Hockey
1: Online. Visit uscho.com slash podcasts to listen or
0: subscribe.